Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. I was born in 1965, so I sit on the cusp of being a boomer or a Gen Xer. I robbed the cradle, as they say, and I married a younger husband, and he was born in 1967, so he is a solid member of the X generation. All three of my beautiful children, they were born into the Z generation, Navigating this cross-generational family situation has clearly delivered some very interesting moments and conversations. And in the thick of COVID, you know, as we all did, right, we all hunkered down together under one roof and every night at the table, we would do our themed dinners. But on many evenings, there was truly a clash of opinions and minds. And some of these meals, quite honestly, they felt more like a social protest than a quiet dinner. And I think for those of you who are in my generation, hey, we were all raised where like our parents, particularly our father, right? They ruled over the household, the family and the dinner table with an iron fist. But all said and done, I wouldn't change a thing. I I couldn't be prouder of the confidence and the convictions and the voices of my children, their morals, their beliefs, just could not be prouder. So in that spirit today, um, we are going to talk about the intersectionality of generations in the workplace and how leaders and organizations can, can leverage these different perspectives and experiences as cultural and competitive strengths. I am joined by the most incredible group of leaders. I am Sarah Alter, your host of Advancing All Women and the CEO and president of the Network of Executive Women. My role today, I will speak for the boomers. Now our guests and our other generations. Josh Hotson-Piller, who is a successful serial entrepreneur, CEO of Juno, one of, one of my favorite partners and thought leaders for new. Josh is our Gen Xer. Asia Ray, who so thrilled to say is on our new team. She is a membership engagement coordinator and Asia is our millennial. And then last but not least, although he is the youngest, <laughs> um, Taylor Burks. He is a VP of operations at Wisdom Capture. Taylor is our Gen Zer. So everybody ready? We're ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Okay. Let's talk <laughs> through this first part of our show. We're going to talk through the different generations. And I've asked everybody to come to this discussion with two positive things, two, two strengths that come from these, these individuals who are part of these generations. And then we're going to talk through two negative, probably misperceptions that exist out there. And then we're going to get everybody's reaction. 
And then that second half after our break, so hang in there with us, then we're going to talk about, okay, how you as a leader in an organization really need to be tapping into this intersectionality of generations. Okay, so me being the oldest, age before beauty, I get to go first, right? Okay, (laughs) so boomers. Okay, so let's talk pros. Um, And I loved doing research for this show. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, so we um, we are highly patriotic. Mm. We are workaholics, which can be both a good thing and a bad thing, but we are workaholics. We are great team players. There's you know no I in team, right? You're only as successful as your team. And we make excellent mentors. Okay, now the cons, which I think I'm I'm going to just you know put that out there. They are clear misperceptions. <laughs> um, we are out of touch. <laughs> um, not interested in learning new things, which I don't think is the case for me. But this last one, I know my husband and my sons, who are my perpetual help desk. <laughs> um, we think we are technical, but we're not. And they would say that that is true. And I have to be honest, I agree with that one. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know so, how to use a payphone. <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh oh. Was that a compliment, <laughs> Asia? Oh, no. <laughs> no. And, and then probably just to add a little bit more color, like what were the big things that, and, and I didn't ask you to do this. So please don't feel any pressure if you didn't. But I took some notes for your generations. So in our era, personal computer was like the piece of technology that was developed. Mm-hmm. First man in space, <laughs> Cuban Missile Crisis, Martin Luther King, uh, JFK, and Vietnam War. So those were the experiences that shaped myself and my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do we think? Fire away. Be kind. <laughs> you know, well, I definitely... Sorry. No, um, please, all right, here, a, 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 Asia, fire away, and then Josh, we're going to let you go. <laughs> awesome. So I definitely agree with the work ethic, strong work ethic, um, being workaholics. And I think for me, like, that was something that, like, I think my dad kind of falls, he's on a cusp too, like, about the same, boomer to Gen X. And he always worked. Like, one of his big things was like, I never take a day off work. I've never taken a right. vacation. And I'm like, all right, that's great. But at the same time, it's like, I definitely know that you weren't <laughs> at a lot of the, you mm. know, family things or like parties that we go to. It's like, oh, where's your dad? He's at work. So definitely pro and con, but I, I admire yeah. that for sure. Yeah, I, I worked for a gentleman. He was the silent generation, right? So the generation just before, and he would say, there are 24 hours in the day, seven days in the week, people get the job done. All right, mm-hmm. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, you know, there's those qualities are so um, intrinsic of what I think about in, in America, because I was raised, my, my grandpa right. was silent, but he was a right. full board colonel in the army, president of the army credit union, only had only one child, which is my father, but didn't have him until he was 55. So there was no real relationship in terms of intimacy with yeah. grandpa and dad. But what there was, was an incredible patriotic family. And, you know, of course, my parents, you know, where I was right at the edge of um, X and millennial. So it was you know, 80s, you know, spend big. And I was actually just talking to my dad this weekend, who's a boomer. And he was saying, 
I always knew that you would do twice as you'd be twice as successful as I was. I just knew it. And I remember him telling me that it was all about how hard you could work, how much success you could produce. Um, And then I asked him, I was like, were you ever worried about us as kids? Did you ever consciously think about developing us or, you know, making sure you had our back? And he was just like, no, you'd find your way and be fine and be successful. And there was just like that, that mental and emotional disconnect because it was always work success. You know, you'll do the same. Um, but then there was that paycheck. So, so everything you said, I really resonate. And in even Asia too, with that, you know, kind of demanding work vibe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor, yeah. Taylor, round yeah. us out. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, both my parents are in the, the boomer category and, you know, for me, I felt like it was never like a, they were always working hard and it like seemed like this thing. It was just kind of the norm, like, you know, oh yeah, mom and dad are always working hard. That's just normal. And, you know, they instilled that in me from a young age. Uh, I was refereeing soccer games in middle school and I had, that was my first job and I've been, been working ever since. So, I mean, but I, but I never thought of it as a bad thing. It's just like, oh yeah, you want to, you want to buy things. You have to work for it. You have to make your own money. You have to work hard. And that's just a part of life. So um, I would definitely say that's one of the which is not a bad thing to learn. I think there's a handful of people yeah, that hear that message. My parents said, I, if I want something in life, I have to work for it. And you're like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. I know. I no, my, my kids used to hate when I said this, because my mom used to say it to us. And now I actually heard one of them say it recently. But yeah, like, unless you were on your deathbed, you went to school, you went to work, you, and you had to power through my mom would say power through and i would say that to my kids and i heard one of them say it once so absolutely all right josh gen xers talk to us gen xers are an interesting crew um they uh, a great article in the new york times uh gen x is a mess is what it just said a joke it's this goofy club of forgotten middle children uh, it's it's kind of well, that's what they talk about. They talk about how it's this random group of the, the smallest generation of people because why parents were working. They call them the latchkey kids, right? Because this is the first time where parents, both parents are going to work now. Exactly. So raise yourself, figure it out. Um, and as a result, you've got these character qualities that are very interesting, um, you know, of this group of people, which are, they're critical thinkers. Um, they are uh, self-reliant. Uh, but they also have a high view of themselves and they're individualistic. So they almost like a survival mentality um, that they have. And they, so they, they've kind of closed off their focus. They're, they're um, sometimes can be a little prickly on the way they view things. Cause it's like, I got this, just stay out of my way, do what you're doing. Um, and almost some of those congenial relational um, stuff that you see out of millennials and Z's, they're kind of like, you know, just do you, I'll do me. Um, and they almost behave as a forgotten middle child. And so that's why they've been, they've been called that. So there's some weird tension, I think, between like, you know, yeah. my parents were never around. I didn't get the attention I needed. You know, we've all met people that kind of maybe didn't get some of the attention and affection that they needed. And so they behave a certain way. And you almost have this whole generation <laughs> that almost behaves in this, like, I wasn't loved enough. Uh, mentality. And so now it's, oh I'm surviving. <laughs> you want to unpack that, Josh? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now, are we just having a therapy session exactly. here? Or, you know. <laughs> I'm just telling you what the New York Times said. Sure. <laughs> okay. I, I, I got to say, okay, I'll, I'll, I found a few more pros that I want to put okay. in there. 
um, best workers, best able to juggle that whole work-life thing, and then the biggest revenue generators. I thought mm-hmm. those were pretty interesting. Wow. Um, but I did see very cynical, very negative. Yeah. And, and, oh. it, and, and also in one article, it said, sadly, um, it has, this generation has the highest divorce rate. Mm. Well, oh, they yeah. probably didn't yeah. see, you know, marriage and intimacy modeled. Uh, they, right. because they just ran off, you know, folk that's rock totally true. Tell, kind right. of, you know, what, what gets, uh, modeled gets repeated. So. Yeah. All right. Taylor, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the, the workaholic thing, I guess, or the, um, the revenue one is a, is an interesting one for me. Just I've having worked with Josh over the years. Um, I mean, yeah. and being a successful serial entrepreneur, I think that's a good one. Um, I think the, um, yeah, the, it's always interesting how, you know, when we talk about the different generations, how the the different generations that are on the front of them and the back of them have influenced them. Um, so how has, how has like having a uh, boomer parents influenced me versus having Josh's parents and grandparents mm-hmm. influence him. Um, I see a lot of these, these, you know, what we're calling stereotypes kind of shining through um, and how they're affecting Josh. But um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And, and how you can see you, you bring that to work with you, right? Because that's part of your psyche, you know, that's part mm-hmm. of your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, Asia, what do you think? You know, I, I feel that Gen X are very, which is something that I take from them, like from them is being independent, like having no other choice, but to be independent, you know, your parents are gone. You're kind of left to fend for yourself. Like you said, Josh, but you know how to get things done. That's something that you know how to like the self-reliant aspect of it. It's like, well, I don't have any other way, but to do it. So I think that's something that I, you know, as a millennial, I was super independent. I, you know, graduated high school, left the state, like nobody else in my family, like everyone in my family is in the same place. I've moved around like three or four times since. And it's just that independent aspect of it's like, I want to like kind of get things on my own. So I think that's amazing. But, um, I, I do think Gen X has a, has, tends to be more negative <laughs> on just everything. Like I think the first, like if, if, if you're having a conversation nine times out of 10, and obviously this is my opinion, nine times out of 10, they're going to lean towards what's negative first and then maybe round it back out to something positive, but they always lean towards something negative or they just kind of have like a, you know, yeah. Debbie Downer. <laughs> but not Josh. Josh, you're oh, not Josh. Josh. Yeah. No, no, no. Josh is great. It's funny if you look at the the um, research, they're critical thinkers. So they look at things yeah. critically. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Enneagram or not. It's kind of another personality test out there. But uh, I'm an eight, which means I'm a challenger. And I, sometimes I'm like, is that because I'm part of this generation or is it because it's who I am? But they, you challenge everything mm-hmm. because you don't want to get hurt. And I think part of that Gen X thing, mm-hmm. especially when you're mm-hmm. independent and you're alone, you're like, gosh, I got to make sure that nothing's going to hurt me. So I'm going to challenge everything to make sure I protect myself. Anyway, it is. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. it's a defense mechanism. <laughs> no. And, and, and I would, I would agree that, that, um, that is critical thinking, right? Cause the successful leader has to anticipate what could go wrong yeah. and prevent it from happening. So okay. totally, totally agree with that. All right, Asia, you are in the hot seat. You are our yeah. resident millennial. Talk to us about that incredible generation. 
You know, I think millennials are great (laughs) and I'm not, that's an unbiased opinion, (laughs) Um, but when you think about it, like, I feel like millennials are in a spot where they've been through like everything. I feel like we know like time before, you know, Facebook and all of that, but we're there to kind of take that on and be there for that. Like I've had every gaming console I've from Nintendo mm-hmm. to Sega Genesis, PlayStation, X, all of those things. So very technical, very tech savvy, um, you know, very ambitious. I feel like millennials are very ambitious mm-hmm. and very educated. Like oh. they're very educated, very Absolutely. conscious, especially regarding health and wellness and, you know, global things. Like I think that's like kind of the peak millennial But I, you know, I think other generations would say that millennials are entitled, maybe lazy, which I definitely don't think, Um, (laughs) self-absorbed, you know, that kind of thing, and maybe obsessed with technology. But um, those are kind of the aspects I think are kind of key millennial. (laughs) All right, Josh, your thoughts. (laughs) You know, I uh, have the opportunity to employ quite a bit of millennials uh, and have for the last, you know, season of time. And I would say there are incredible, redeeming, amazing qualities, which is I think they are very um, self-aware of their mental health, of boundaries. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they, you know, uh, they're, they're not going to just be forced into a corner and say, this is the norm. This is expected. Absolutely. It's like, no, wait a minute. I'm not doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Not all of them. I mean, fortunately, we found somebody like Taylor that was willing to burn the, the midnight oil. <laughs> um, but I think the, the challenging side of that sometimes is there is a, I've seen a, a lack of, um, at times, rigor, uh, at, at times, um, stress resilience. Uh, mm-hmm. is, as I've seen last, like, man, I'm, I'm so easily stressed. I'm so easily thrown off my, you know, I'm wobbly. And you're like, gosh, I, I don't think this output uh, is equivalent to what you're feeling. It just doesn't seem, it seems like there's a delta there of stress resilience. And so I do think there's almost such an emphasis on taking care of me that you almost limit your ability to kind of maturate through some of the intensity that, that, that life may throw at you. Yeah. To be fair, millennials went through big like life events as far as, you know, September 11, a, a lot of, you know, school shootings, Columbine, like a lot of things were like stressful. (laughs) So I think that kind of shapes your your upbringing. Absolutely. Recession, right? Like there's been no consistency. There's been no, no, um, exactly. Right. And so I think absolutely right now, the question is, did that make you more resilient or did that make you more cautious? What was the net net of going through all that? Not you necessarily, Asia. Right. No. Well, you know, it's weird is, I, I, would think you say? It, I think it could be a little bit of both because I do feel it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, okay, who knows what's going to happen. So I, I have a thought. I want to, you know, explore that thought before I don't have the chance to do it. But yeah. I do think that's probably a pro and con of millennial because they are kind of impatient, so to speak. You get in a job and you don't want to, you know, I've, you know, my parents probably were like, oh, I worked this job for 17, 18, 20 years. And I'm like, were you miserable though? I'm not uh-huh. going to work a job that, you know what I mean? So it's like, right. I'm just going to jump to the next thing, which can be, it's like, you don't give yourself a chance to develop or really, you know, explore your opportunities. It's it's very quick, quick thinking and like, oh, I'm just going to do it. It's kind of like no attention span. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, I was talking to somebody about that the other day. They were kind of, uh, to use a word from my generation, dissing on that or, you know, whenever that was. And I said, <laughs> is that, why is it so bad? 
if the job's not a fit, why, why is it so bad for you to move on? I mean, I don't like, I know. Life's I think, too short, right? right? Life's too short. Yeah. 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 I mean, hey, I admire, Taylor. I admire that about uh, millennials. I'm, I'm right on the cusp. Um, I'm playing Gen Z today, but it depends, depending on what website you go to, I could be either. So um, I, and I have older sisters who I was raised with, so I definitely feel the millennial thing, but um, yeah, going off that, that whole job thing. Um, I mean, I have no, like, it does not make any sense to me that, you know, you get a job, you land it and you're there for 20 years and you just, you just work and you, you make your way to the top. But I also respect that a lot for the other generations. Cause you know, you do have that stability. You do, you know, learn a lot in that role. But I think for us millennials with all the uncertainty um, or I guess I'm Gen Z today, sorry, uh, for all the millennials um, with all the uncertainty <laughs> that they have faced, I don't know how anybody could expect them to um, stay in one role or stay in one lane. Um, they want to try new things, um, you know, whether it's a different job or a different, you know, type of job, like a different department entirely. Um, I think building out all these different skill sets, you know, you know, maybe you're in marketing, then you want to move into operations and you want to do project management to kind of just give yourself all those different skills and make yourself more hireable and desirable. Um, I think I, 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 I totally understand that. So I'm going to add a little bit of color to um, new partnered with Deloitte uh, on an incredible study. And in that study, we compared millennials to Gen Zers and the millennials um, just to kind of add on top of all the great stuff you guys have already shared, but um, like just um, hugely committed to social responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? Like only going to work for an organization that is, you know, putting it out there right? We're here to make money, but we're here to make the world a better place and take care of people. And they're not going to work for a brand or a company unless that's evident. Um, entrepreneurial. And I think you you alluded to that Asia where, you know, like, hey, I was, I was independent. I moved all over the world, you know, um, but very entrepreneurial, wanted to work from home, mm-hmm. like wanted that flexibility. Um, and it's interesting too because, like, I think it's there's a stat out there that like eighty percent um, of all married millennials are dual income, mm. so it's both men and women that want that flexibility. Um, the other thing too, and you alluded to it, is just technology played such a a huge role in your education. And so you grew up sourcing info, like you didn't necessarily need to listen to somebody else and learn. You could just go Google it. You know, mm-hmm. um, the other, the, these two things were super fun for me. Um, you're obsessed with avocado toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Delicious. And I know, and who isn't, right? Even my dogs have an avocado toast dog toy, right? Yeah. Like, you know, on the fly the I know. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, okay, this one is is super great. And I'm gonna ask you, Josh or Taylor, if you've ever worn one, but obsessed with man buns. Okay, have either one of you wore worn a man bun? I have yes, <laughs> excellent, and you probably rocked it. There is great. I miss it dearly. Josh, man bun ever? Zero percent chance I've ever done something like that. <laughs> I, I could have told you that without even having confirmation from Josh. <laughs> okay, that sounded more like a boomer, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Do a lot of Gen Xers wear man buns? 
Um, oh, no, yeah, exactly. millennials, millennials. No, but you're just so cool, right? Oh, like yeah. you, you Thank transcend you. generations, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it was it was super interesting. Um, and and we've got just a couple of minutes till our break. Um, and so I'll add in. So in the same study that we did with with Deloitte the Gen Zers, and this is a perfect segue for after the break, Taylor, we're going to, we're going to hear your um, voice and heart on the Gen Z generation. Um, uh, Definitely wanting more stability, want to work for a company, want to go into work, like don't want to work from home because they want that social interaction, Um, watched their millennial siblings struggle you know, as, as, you know, as, as Asia had shared. So that really in, in their minds, you know, guided them towards, Hey, I want stability because I don't want to have to live at home with my parents the way my millennial siblings did. Um, I thought that that was super interesting and, and, and they almost mirror more of like that Gen X, that, that boomer mentality of that workaholic want to go work where I have a nice long wide runway um, and I and I and I want to learn new skills was the other thing that we heard a lot from that generation. But it was very interesting to see the difference, the the very unique difference between the millennial um, and the Gen Zer. All right, so we're going to take just a quick commercial break. Um, Taylor, you are on deck for when we Can't get wait. back. <laughs> and hey, if you've been listening, I hope you're having a great time because we sure as heck are. Um, you are listening to Advancing All Women. It's both a radio show and podcast. And you can check new out and all of our podcasts out at newonline.org for more information on our incredible organization and then to listen to all of our podcasts. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI Solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. 
Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's N-E-W online.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Well, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter and our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. I am joined today by Josh Hudson Pillar, a successful serial entrepreneur, CEO at Juno, and a Gen Xer. I'm joined by Asia Ray, Membership Engagement Coordinator at Network of Executive Women. She is our millennial. And Taylor Burks, VP of Operations at Wisdom Capture, our Gen Zer. So our topic at hand is how do we navigate the intersectionality of generations in the workplace? And how as leaders do we learn how to leverage these unique perspectives and experiences as a cultural and competitive advantage? All right, so we last left Taylor on deck Talk to us about being a Gen Zer. Yeah, so um, so I've got two plus two negatives and then three pluses. And okay, I feel like with all of these, they're all you know stereotypes, and they could be negatives, could be positives. But I'm gonna just talk through them a bit. So um, the negatives or kind of things that I don't love so much about my generation is the tech dependency. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like. You know, people talk about like, oh, digital natives, which, you know, is great. But the tech mm-hmm. dependency, I feel like, you know, me, I thankfully grew up with millennial sisters. I'm on the older end of the Gen Z spectrum. So I am not as tech dependent. You know, I, I am a digital native. I know how to use technology. I'm very tech savvy. But I didn't grow up where there was nothing else. You know, I still went outside. I rode my bike, all that good stuff. But I feel like the Gen Zers who are much younger than me grew up in an age where all they know is internet, TV, social media, and they're kind of just bombarded by that. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like that's been a really tough thing to grow up in. 
uh, for the Gen Zs, you know, this just Mm -hmm. influx of information is just nonstop. You can't really shut it out. And I think that's really tough, you know? Um, So that's one thing that I think is a negative and it's just really hard to work through as a Gen Z. Um, I think that kind of ties into my other one, which is the short attention span. Um, I think that's one that's talked about a lot as Gen Z's are like, yeah, just every five seconds. Oh, onto this next thing. Oh, onto this next thing. Um, I think it allows us to be really great multitaskers and we're able to accomplish a lot, but also, uh, just really tough to work through for somebody who I think has ADD. It's really tough (laughs) for me. Um, but I think also just for Gen Zers in general, um, it's a tough one to, to work through. And it is just because of the nature of the beast of how we were raised and all the different things we have going on throughout our kind of upbringing, how quick change is happening. Josh and I have talked about this a bunch, you know, for the generations before us, the rate of change was so slow and then it just hockey sticked up for, for Gen Z and it's just exponentially, right? Yeah. It's pretty wild to look at all the different things that have happened throughout our, our upbringing and just, yeah, the rate of change is pretty incredible. Um, So I would say those are kind of the, the, on the negative sides of things on the positive side. Um, I really love how passionate Gen Z is about um, just different causes, you know, whatever that cause may be, whether it's political, mm-hmm. social, environmental. Um, I think because of these like high rates of change and because of our experiences growing up, um, you know, Gen Z, I mean, I guess I, me being on the cusp, you know, I experienced uh, a bit of 9-11, you know, uh, Asia already talked about the school shootings that we've experienced, um, the social movements that are going on right now you know, all these Mm -hmm. things that are really powerful. um, And I think Gen Z is really showing up and really, you know, taking notice and being a part of all these things that are going on and they really care and they want their voices to be heard. So um, I really admire that about my generation. And I uh, think that's a a great thing to be involved, be active and uh, to, you know, make sure your voice is heard. Um, And then I think Mm -hmm. uh, another one is that we don't buy things, we buy experiences. Um, I'm a big, a big proponent of that, you know, one, I'm just like, not, I try, I'm trying to consume less from just a consumerism environmental standpoint, but also, Mm -hmm. um, I think just experiences are awesome. I mean, I would much rather do a trip somewhere than buy a new car or a new TV or a new, whatever, if you can save that and put it towards an awesome experience, whether that's, you know, a concert or travel Mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, I, I'm all about the experiences versus the, the thing. And uh, I, think that's a, I think that's a good one. That, I wished we'd done this show a couple weeks ago because my um, oldest son, his, his girlfriend's a year older and she graduated from college. And I'm like, oh, I'll go out and buy her a beautiful piece of jewelry. And my son goes, mom we want experiences. Not <laughs> thanks. Yes. So I got a really good seats to a Cubs game. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's awesome. Um, yeah. so, okay. So Josh, what do you think? I mean, I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, everything you said, I, I totally agree with. I, I find the rate of change, I guess we all have to go through that. Um, but it is something that I wonder how that plays in the psyche. I mean, for me and Sarah, you, I think even though I did a lot of change in my jobs by being a serial right. entrepreneur, um, I still feel like there was an established speed and norm before things got crazy. Yeah. Now they're crazy. Yeah. And, you're like, and I, I think about like if you said earlier in some of that research that they um, want to stay longer in jobs, they want that stability. And I think Taylor 
spoke to that as well of like, Hey, I'd rather experiences than just, but at the same time, do you, do you, will you even have the option to have stability? How long do companies last before they're sold, changed, move on? I mean, does the future state world even allow you that stable life that you dream of, or will you always be moving and flowing at the speed of just how companies emerge and change, emerge and change? I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Right. Cause it, it like technology is outdated by the time you buy it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah I mean, I was thinking um, when I first started one of my companies, GoPro was all the craze and their stock was at like $98 a share. And for whatever reason, the other day I looked it up and I'm like, what is their stock at now? And I mean, it's been at like 10 to $12 for seven or eight years. It just plummeted because of technology, uh, the competition. So I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see when you combine the rate of change and the longing for stability, how those two worlds intersect in a future state, especially when you have kids. Yeah. I mean, Sarah, you can relate to this, man. When you have kids, the burden of responsibility is so much more exponential and you really long for stability. Um, it'll just be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like right now, the way I'm experiencing it is just uh, pivoting, at least, you know, especially with COVID being one massive change that we're experiencing. Yeah. Um, I think everybody's had to pivot in the workplace, but like um, with Wisdom Capture, you know, we started off doing all in-person filming. And then, you know, we were really focused on like in-person events and we were going to do this big initiative for that. And then right teeing up to this big launch, COVID hit and the event we were going to go to got canceled. And we're like, well, we're an in-person film company that's about to really invest in doing filming (laughs) at events. And we're like, oh, like right there. But, you know, just that that change, we just had to pivot because, you know, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't going to just jump ship and be like, well, I got to find a new job, like time to right. time to figure it out. It was like, OK, how do we as a as a unit, as a team, figure out how to just embrace this change and what can we do to pivot and make it work? Um, I think that's kind of something that's probably uh, happening for a lot of people yeah. that's going on with all this change. Yeah. No. And thank you for using that word pivot. When, when my kids were stuck with me during COVID, they like, they're like, you can no longer say the word pivot, mom. <laughs> you say it like 18 times a day. And I'm like, there's no better word, right? It just so captures yeah. the essence. <laughs> Asia, what do you think? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, like what you were saying about um, experiences and wanting to, you know, enjoy experiences. But with that, I feel like Gen Z is constantly on social media. So even when you're at something, your IG live, Facebook live, Twitter, whatever it is. And even Sarah, I remember you saying about, I think it was regarding this Cubs game that that you went to or a game that you went to, you had to tell your, like, Hey, put your phones down. Let's like enjoy this. Oh, completely. Yeah. So it's, it's like, yeah, you want the experience, but then you want everyone else to know that you're experiencing it. So it's like, how much are you really enjoying this? Which I find like annoying about Gen Z because I, I, I'm all for like, oh, I want to go do something. I don't really need things. Like anytime like my birthday rolls around, my mom's like, oh, what do you want? I'm like, I don't really want anything. Like if you want to give me something, like give me some money so I can go do something. Like don't get me like a physical thing because it's probably just going to sit there. I want to go do something and experience things. And then when I go do things, my friends are like, what are you doing? What are you up to? You haven't posted anything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in the middle of like hiking or something. You know what I mean? So I think that's, it, it's interesting that they're very, um, you know, wanting to experience things, but it's also like, do you want to experience it so everyone else knows you're doing it or do you mm-hmm. want to really have this experience? So I find that interesting. Um, it, it, yeah, it, that's kind of my take. 
Yeah, no. And I just realized this as I'm talking to you guys too, at that Cub game, <laughs> it, it just so happened. We were so blessed. A, a friend of ours had given us these tickets. So don't, don't tell my, my, um, you know, son's <laughs> girlfriend that we got them free. Oh, but, <laughs> well, it's out there now, <laughs> but we, we had really great seats and we were right behind the batter. And so anytime anybody was lefty, we were on the TV camera. Okay. It wasn't my kids' friends that were like lighting up email and texts. It was all of my husband's and my friends who were watching the game on TV. Like, <laughs> is that not like Boomer and Xer that, oh, you know, think, you know, they're on TV, everybody else is on social media. <laughs> I think even better, you said that you were at the game and people emailed you to let you know you were at the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. They sent me a it fax was, to let me know. Was, yeah. Oh, no. It was awesome. And the then line my, of the night. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and then my and then my daughter, of course, posts on Insta, watch Sarah chug a margarita, you know, and I'm like, OK, first of all, it was you who was chugging and not me. But anywho. Yeah. Um, all right. So I have a little bit of color to add here to this Gen Z discussion. Um, it, it, and, and a lot of what I saw, it completely agreed, you know, Taylor, with your perspective and, and Asia and, and Josh. Um, adaptability. Because there is just such this exponential rate of change that, you know what, it's just like, okay, let's pivot. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but this was interesting that the couple of cons that I found, no loyalty, um, obsessed with popularity, which I think stems from the obsession with social media, right? Mm -hmm. like I want to be out Definitely. there. I want to be on people's radars, right? I want to have a 100%. gazillion, you know, friends and likes and... Okay, but this one, um, obsessed with the Tide Pod Challenge. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, Taylor, <laughs> educator audience, what is the Tide Pod Challenge, and why are Gen Zers obsessed with this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, that is just so – That's. I mean, that's two things. I, I want to touch on the Tide Pod Challenge, and I also want to touch on the um, popularity contest thing. Okay. Um, Tide Pod <laughs> Challenge is this ridiculous challenge that – I honestly ridiculous. don't know much about other than people were eating Tide Pods for whatever reason because of some weird social media thing, I but know. it's like poison. And I think it was like a joke. And like, I think one thing about Gen Z is uh, they're big on trolling people, which if you don't yeah. know, is just like <laughs> saying like, oh yeah, you should totally do this. And like making it seem really serious when you're really just making fun of them. But like the people don't know. So I think that's what happened with this Tide Pod Challenge is people were like, <laughs> Tide Pod Challenge, eat as many Tide Pods as you can, but they weren't actually doing it. And then other people didn't get that it was a joke. So they actually ate the Tide Pods and then had to go to the hospital, all that good stuff. So that is a weird thing. I don't know why Gen Z is like that, but that is a thing. Um, <laughs> popularity contest, I think that stems from, you know, growing up, there's always been social media and we're so exposed to it. And so we constantly see other people, you know, posting and it's like, oh, you know, Josh just went on this great vacation. Oh, Asia's, you know, at the, at the NBA game. Oh, that's so cool. Everybody feels this like pressure of like, oh my gosh, everybody else is like posting and doing cool things. Like I'm not cool if I don't participate and I don't like show, show off my cool stuff I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, it does feel like a popularity contest, but that's just cause that's like what we've always grown up seeing is everybody posting, everybody always, always engaging on social media. 
And if you're not, you know, people will say like, Hey, why do you never post? You know, you'll mm-hmm. get like yeah. flack for it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're like, you're not doing anything oh. cool. Yeah. Or yeah. like, what, are you like, depressed or like, what's yeah. going on? Like, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. So, like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <right>? yeah <laughs> maybe. I wonder yeah. like how the net net emotional outcome of all this, because it's not healthy. Yeah. Period. Definitely I mean, not. there's no way, there's no way what you just described is in any way, shape or form healthy, like trolling, getting people to do things that you're not doing to see right. if you can, um, trying to keep up with everybody's highlight reels. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing you just described that you're like, Whoa, that's super healthy for people. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a little, it's a little yeah. and sketchy a little bit. Yeah. And that's, no. that's a great way to put it too, Josh, a highlight reel. Cause that's what it is. You're posting the like most fun moments that you're involved in. It's not real life. This is not your everyday, you know, 24 seven, but that's the perception. Like people see like, oh my God, everything that you do post, it's something cool. So you must be doing something cool every hour of the day when it's like, no, like I probably spent an hour at this one thing and I'm taking the best picture and posting it. And people just, I think they lose sight of that. And so it's always like trying to one up. You might yeah, not right. even like it. It's like, exactly. I'm okay, woo. And you're like, I hate basketball. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. This game sucks. It, well, exactly. no. And, and, and I think too, you know, and we've talked about this in other shows this past year, year and a half has been the, the great reckoning. Right. And mm-hmm. that's why I think you see so many of the social media companies and brands taking a step back to say, okay, we need to use technology for the power of good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not for evil. It's what's so interesting is, is all that we've, you know, shared, like all of our perspectives about the other generations, right? There's this phenomenal article, um, you know, and if you ever need great research, Harvard Business Review, you know, chock full of, of, of great thought leadership, but there's this concept called age meta stereotypes, and that is what others think about a generation, And sadly, what happens, you know, in the workplace is that we bring these biases, right? These stereotypes that, you know, oh, boomers are grumpy, you know. Mm. (laughs) Um, And and so it's it's important that, you know, we don't bring those stereotypes with us, right? You know, that we are curious, not judgmental, Mm -hmm. right? Are there any Ted Lasso fans out there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh my the, God. Dart, the dart, the dart scene. Be curious, not judgmental. <laughs> I just quoted Ted Lasso. <laughs> Listen, my um, boyfriend watched that in like one night, like the whole, the whole, and then I like, think there was like oh. a, just a preview for like the second season. <laughs> Say no more. No, so but definitely a Ted Lasso fan. <laughs> so, so let's round our show out. Let's shift to, okay. Um, we've had just this fantastic <laughs> and fun conversation. We've learned about the unique perspectives, you know, and experiences that have shaped these different generations. And we've learned about the misperceptions that, you know what, we just need to ditch them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we do then as leaders and as organizations to make sure that we do, you know, leverage this? Like we, we talked about this, I know, in our preparation discussion that one of the most amazing things that we have all learned as boomers or, or Gen Xers from um, both the millennial and the Gen Zer generations is just this openness and transparency. Hey, let's be vulnerable, you know, so mental health, mm-hmm. right. you know, 
it's like, it's as important as physical health and you should be talking about it. And Josh, I know your family was probably like mine, like uh, you swept that under the rug. You never shared that publicly. Right. So like, to me, that is one thing. And it's, it's thankfully in this past year, year and a half, it is now like so appropriate Mm -hmm. and it should be a priority that leaders and organizations should focus on. What are some other things that organizations can do to, to facilitate this intersectionality. You guys have any ideas on that? You know, I think first and foremost, it starts with building a culture that values each generation. Yeah. So for example, I'll just say, man, Taylor, for your generation, I'm so in awe of the way you care about our planet and, and just the futurists of the world, especially as somebody has young kids. Um, in Asia, the millennials and just the self-care yeah. and the boundaries, I think are so exactly. amazing. And frankly, Sarah, I still believe that that everybody should love and honor and, and pour into the country that they are in. And Absolutely. I think the beautiful thing about saying, man, this is home to me and I need to make it better, not hate on it. Um, and so I just look at each one of these generations and go, I can learn so much from it. So I think organizations have to have a culture that says we expect and demand that you become more like the good qualities of each generation. So you're a well-rounded employee here. Yeah. yeah, I like. I that. also think, I also think just having a diversity in those generations within your workforce. You know, um, I think no matter what your industry is, what your job is, um, any of the generations can provide value to your organization, and it's important that you have a workforce that has people in all those different generations. Um, I think diversity in you know generation is not necessarily talked about when in the diversity conversation. It's not really the, at the forefront of it. But it is something that's important and um, just how diversity in, you know, uh, race, age, ethnicity, whatever it is, it's all just different perspectives. So um, the more we can have that diversity through the generations of the different perspectives and a different way of looking at things, um, I think it's really valuable from just a business standpoint of like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But like, you know, maybe a Gen X or a boomer has been through this and, you know, in the past in a different way that I haven't thought about Um but also just that, that different way of thinking. Um, and then, yeah, like Josh said, having a culture and providing space where people can talk about, you know, these things and um, be able to connect with each other on a personal level where it's not just work, work, work all the time, um, but having some, you know, like a virtual water cooler, if you will, where you can talk with each other and, you know, have a moment to say, hey, like, this is what I'm going through. Hey, this is what yeah. I'm struggling with. Hey, you know, and have an actual opportunity to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So self-education, making sure Mm -hmm. the representation is there, the culture allows for these like open and transparent, you know, conversations to happen. Asia, what about you? Yeah, I I really just wanted to say, um, just be open and willing to help, you know, anyone like your older, like call back to what you said earlier, Sarah, about boomers being great mentors. They have to be willing to want to help the younger generations and not just be like, oh, yeah. see, I know you don't know yeah. how to do anything. And like vice versa, like going, being comfortable enough with yourself to ask maybe a younger generation or whoever may know this more than you do, willing to ask them. And then just on the receiving end, be willing to help and be willing to share your knowledge. Don't kind of, you know, gatekeep knowledge. Well, and, and reverse mentoring too, right? Mm-hmm. So as much mm-hmm. about, you know, you know, the millennial mentoring the boomer or the mm-hmm. boomer, you know, mentoring the millennial. And, and at new, we introduced, introduced a program about a year ago 
and and I got paired up um, with just this incredible Gen Zer Mary Crail, and she was phenomenal, you know. And it was a great way for me to continue to expand, you know, my education. The other thing that I in in my research had come upon, and this and this one's key, and and not only for generations but also for women, is as a leader, don't assume that if if I'm at this place in my life, and I say hey, I may not be able to travel or, hey, you know, I may not be able to work weekends or, hey, I may not be able to do this type of a job. Don't assume that that's forever Mm. and you need to constantly check back in. You know, if somebody is on, you know, if somebody's a boomer like me, you know, don't assume that I am counting down the days till I retire because I'm Mm not. Right. So it's it's you need to be, you know, conscious of and sensitive to the fact that, you know, we, we can move from generation to generation. You know, yeah. we could be a boomer today and I could embrace a Gen Zer mentality yeah. tomorrow, right? <laughs> well, the hope is that we do, right? I mean, the hope is. Right. Um, right. And I know for Taylor and I, we viewed the world so differently, but working together, uh, I think we, uh-huh. there was a lot of betterment that came from one another. I know there was, I, I know I got a lot from him. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Agreed. Yeah. Oh gosh. Alrighty. Hey, what a fun conversation today. I I hope our audience enjoyed it. And you know what? Thank you for everybody that was listening in today. You know, so glad you joined us. Um, We have now over 4,000 listeners. I know. So we are growing. I love it. Love, love, love. Um, I want to thank you all. You were absolutely incredible. Um, you, you've, you've just like given us all such great energy and inspiration and, you know, appreciate your, your perspectives and advice. I, again, as always want to thank Voice America, um, for giving me and new this opportunity to share our voice and, and all of our incredible partners, um, and our mission, you know, with all of you. So next week, we're going to talk about women in STEM and how leaders and organizations can do a better job supporting the advancement of women in what what I call these strategically crucial roles. So very exciting. We've got some great guests coming down the road. To learn more about NEW and to listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at newonline.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment, or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.